0: good morning and thank you all for joining us on our wellness wednesday conference call my name is dr shonda garner brooks i am the ceo of the family strong foundation the family strong foundation is the organization that is hosting these calls these calls are sponsored by a grant from the united way and so we plan on conducting these calls Through 2020 and into 2021, as long as COVID is a a, an event in our lives, these calls will be here to help us during the pandemic. Make sure that we're stepping correctly. Today, I'm honored to have Miss Layla Tuchet. She is a school counselor at Prairie Elementary in Lafayette for pre-K through second grade. She has her BS, her bachelor's of science degree in psychology and a Master's in Counselor Education with dual concentration in mental health counseling and school counseling from the best university in the state, University of Louisiana, Lafayette. She is grateful that to have presented at multiple conferences and at her graduate program classes on a plethora of topics. She is an avid life learner, who is constantly looking for training and courses on everything, which is how she came to my attention. She I recently friended her on Facebook after we met each other through Zoom. And I saw when she posted on Facebook that she recently was certified as a grief counselor. And on one of our one of your surveys somebody mentioned that they would like to deal how would they deal with grief and thus this presentation was born. Besides her training, she has her own personal journey with grief and loss, having lost six loved ones in a three-and-a-half-year span. When she's not learning or working, she enjoys kickboxing, reading books, drinking coffee, and spending time with the people she adores. I'm proud to have Miss Layla Touche join us. You are unmuted.
1: Thank you for that introduction, Dr. Shonda. I appreciate it a lot.
0: <laughs> Thank you for joining us. We are excited
1: to have you. I'm so excited to talk about this um, so grief and loss is something that is very special and very close to my heart uh simply because i as in my little bio, I have lost at least six loved ones in the past three and a half years um Before we really get into what can we do to help with the grief, it helps to understand what grief is. And most people understand grief as that feeling that we get when we have the death of a family member or a friend or a loved one, whether it's parents, siblings, friends, family, children, coworkers, you know, the whole thing. What a lot of people don't realize is that with that primary grief comes what something we like to call secondary loss. And these are the losses that usually happen from a primary loss like a death of a family member or a close loved one or anything like that. And those can include changed relationships, changes, changes in schools, financial challenges, lifestyle changes, maybe a parent who's less available for like our little ones, loss of shared memories, maybe it's a change in future plans, a uh, decreased sense of security and safety. So it's never just the loss of one thing. Now, another type of loss that a lot of people don't think about is something we call a cumulative loss. And this is usually seen in lower SES, type of communities where it's the deaths of multiple peers and families or it's the loss of multiple things. It's usually, unfortunately, seen in a lot of uh, highly impoverished areas where there's maybe a lot of violence or trauma or community types of losses. And actually, all the losses, the main types of grief that we're feeling right now through this COVID pandemic, honestly, is a cumulative loss. Because while it's usually seen as the death of, like, multiple peers or family, it can also be the loss of multiple things. And in COVID, we've lost a lot of things, whether we realize it or not. Like, a lot of people have been telling me that, you know, that they feel uncomfortable or they're feeling sad or unsure of things. And that feeling that they're having, that discomfort, it's called grief. Because our world has changed. We've had a loss of normalcy. We have a fear of economic toll. We've lost, like, connection because we can't physically be with the people that we love and want to be with. And because of that, we're all collectively grieving together. We're also experiencing anticipatory anticipatory grief. And that's the feeling we get whenever we don't know what the future holds, when we're uncertain about things. Because, let's face it, we're all uncertain of how long is COVID going to last? How long will it be before we can be in big groups and be with our family members and more than just, you know, four or five people or bigger, you know? It's, it, we've lost our sense of safety because nobody knows. What if I get it? What if they get it? We're feeling that loss of safety. And with grief, there comes these stages. And I want to say these stages aren't linear. They don't happen in a specific order. They can, you can go through the stages multiple times, but it's usually, it usually begins with a stage of denial, which we've seen a lot during this COVID pandemic where it's like, well, it's not going to happen to me or it's not going to happen to my family or somebody I know. Then you see the stage usually of anger, and we've also seen that. You know, we have people who are angry that the economy is where it's at right now or that they've lost their job or that they can't go out and do the things that they normally do. They've lost that sense of normalcy. Then there's the stage of bargaining, which – is very common right now as well because it's like, okay, well, if I social distance for this long, then maybe everything will finally go back to normal or do what we want it to do. You know, you're basically, you're trying to say, if I can do this, then things will get better. Depression, which is seen as well, that stage of depression is that stage of sadness where we really start to feel sad and upset and realize, okay, we don't have these things that we normally have or that we've lost. And then usually the last or the hardest stage to get to is acceptance. And just because you're at a stage of acceptance doesn't mean that you can't go back into stages of denial or anger, bargaining or depression. It's like a roller coaster. Sometimes you're in denial. Sometimes you're in acceptance. Sometimes you're in the other ones. It just depends on where you're at that day. But acceptance isn't necessarily saying that you don't have the grief anymore. It just means that you're able to be present with it and be able to accept, like, okay, I've lost this person or I've lost this thing in my life, and here we are. And you know what? I'm going to be okay. I'm able to move forward. So once we look at these types of losses, which I find that in Louisiana, like Dr. Shonda Brooks kind of said, is we're losing a lot of people to COVID right now. And we're not able to have those big, wonderful memorials and celebrations that we normally have for our loved ones. And that just even – that contributes to that cumulative loss even more, that sense of that we're losing that sense of connection, especially. Because Louisiana is very much a place where we want to connect with the other people. We are very much about community and loving each other and feeding each other and being there for each other. And this pandemic makes it hard to do that. But there are ways to – it will never be the same as before just because you can't physically be there but there's still a lot of things that we can do to help ourselves and to kind of help foster that sense of connection even if we can't do it in person I know like for even me personally it's making a call to a friend or a family member who knew that person uh almost four years ago I lost a best friend of mine too she's lost the battle after 10 years with bone cancer. And actually this mutual friend is how Dr. Shonda uh, found me, funny enough. But me and this friend, we share things with each other all the time. Whenever we get a memory of Victoria, we'll message each other or on a Zoom call, we'll talk about it. And having somebody there who understands that memory that you're missing and understands that person that you're missing can help give back some of that connection that you're missing. And that kind of goes with telling stories and listening to other people tell stories. So maybe you're not the one who lost a person yet, but you can be that person for somebody else. You can sit there, you can listen to the stories and ask questions about it and just be there for them. Uh, A thing that's popping up a lot right now is social media. Between Zoom calls, video conferences, phone conferences, everybody is probably spending more time on social media than they ever have before. But social media can be an extremely effective way to foster that sense of connection that you're missing, not just with your grief, but with people in general for that grief that we're feeling from the loss of connection in general and not just from from the death or illnesses of our loved ones. So a lot of people are making like memory pages or Google sites, uh, Instagram pages, any type of social media you can think of, you can create a page in memory of that person. And not only that, but it allows other people to comment on the memories. Maybe even people who didn't know that person can get something from it. Like, I remember I've done that with friends of mine where I've talked about my friend Victoria, and they're like, we've never met her, but I feel like I know her because of your stories, because of the things you've shared about her. So that's another way we can do that. One of the main things we can do with our grief is, we, can, we need to name it, and we need to claim it. And basically that means it's your, one, we're calling it grief, but it's not just that. It's like, okay, what are you losing? We're losing that celebration. We're, you, we're losing those memorials. We're losing that connection. You know, we're losing that sense of safety. And once you're able to name it and being able to figure out, okay, this is what it is, you're able to figure out from there, okay, what do I do with these feelings? And you have to accept that you're going to have all kinds of feelings. You're going to have sadness. You're going to have anger. You're going to have anxiety. You're going to have these senses of loss. And even if you don't like the feelings, it's okay to have them. And the one that people tend to try to get away from the most is the feeling of anger. And it's okay to feel anger. I think a lot of people get getting misconstrued about oh anger is a bad feeling it's a negative feeling it's not a bad feeling it's uncomfortable it's not something we want to feel but it's something that we need to feel because it lets us know that there's something going on in us it's what we do with that anger that matters because we can either choose to do something you know really terrible with that anger or we can choose to do something productive with that anger and being able to choose something productive like we could sit here and we can be mad about the loss of our friends or we can do something to memorialize them in a way that brings positive memories to their memory you know that brings positive light to the things that they did or are doing or brings positive light to things that you're doing and this goes back to stages of grief but you're going to have relapses. Like I said, it's a roller coaster. Some days you're going to be in denial. Some days you might skip to bargaining. Then you'll be in acceptance and you're like, cool, I'm good with this. I got this. And then you'll go back into depression and then you'll go back to anger. And sometimes you'll stay in those for longer. But there's going to be relapses in those feelings because once we lose a person or we lose something until – more with the, like, something part until we can get that physical something back, we're going to continue going through that roller coaster. Um, An important thing to remember is that you are vulnerable right now, and you need to be kind to yourself, which goes back to accepting all those feelings that you have, even the ones you don't like, especially anger. And it's also realizing you're not alone, and you're allowed to seek comfort as you need it whether it's making a call or texting somebody or doing a video chat. You know, maybe it's commenting on a social media page or doing some research of your own. But you're not alone, and you're allowed to seek comfort in it. And you're allowed to heal at your own pace as well. So some days you might not feel alone. Some days you might not feel angry. And then other days you will. And I know a lot of this might sound redundant, but it's important to emphasize those things because a lot of people they want it to be in these set stages and be like, okay, I'm going to be in this stage for you know however many days and this one for however many days, but it doesn't work like that. No matter how much we want it to, it doesn't work like that. So we have to be okay with healing at our own pace um, and being okay with all those feelings that are coming in and having people that we can talk to about it, fostering that sense of connection regardless if it's a loved one that we've lost or it's the COVID pandemic grief that you're feeling. Um, One of my favorite things to do with kids to kind of help with their loss, like what they can do, is I'll have them draw pictures of their favorite memories with their loved one. And this might seem okay for kids, but adults can do it too. I am very – being an elementary school counselor has given me the gift of being able to continue having my, like, child-like side to me. And I'll sit there and I'll draw with the kids too because sometimes we need that. Sometimes we need to be reminded that, hey – We have the same feelings as kids, and these kids are having trouble understanding losing people just like we are. Sometimes I think we have more trouble understanding than the kids, but that's okay. So one of my favorite things to do is having them draw or write out memories. Another common thing we'll do with grief is we'll have somebody keep a journal. So maybe you're having a rough day, so you just write out those thoughts you're having Because if we keep all these thoughts and these feelings inside of us, I like to use the metaphor of a trash can. If you keep pushing things down in the trash can, eventually that trash can is going to overflow and be smelly and be nasty and it's not fun. But if you're able to change out the trash before it hits that point, it's going to be a lot more effective and a lot more productive because then you won't have a smelly house. You won't have trash everywhere. And the same thing with our emotions. If we keep stuffing them down and stuffing them down without letting it out or changing it out, eventually those emotions are going to burst out of us, and it's usually not pretty when that happens. So keeping a journal helps us let those out. Social media. I keep going back to that. I know a lot of people tend to be like half and half on social media. Social media is actually very important during this time because it helps us figure out ways to let our emotions out and to connect with others who are also feeling these same emotions as us. One that might seem kind of strange is writing about your own personal strength because everybody's gone through something hard in their life, whether – they think they have or they haven't, they have at some point, whether it's small, it's big, it's ginormous, they've gone through something. And you have to think back to those hard times and think, okay, how did I get through that hard time? And when you start writing down your personal strengths and the things that you've done in the past, like with uh, loved ones who've passed away, normally we have these big celebrations. We normally cook for others. You know, we have these wonderful memorials, but we can't do it in the same way. So we have to figure out a different way to do those things, which is like the social media and everything else. And an important thing is, is do your mourning now. So get through those feelings of grief, like those immediate feelings now, because goes back to the trash can metaphor. You can't keep stuffing it down and not expect it to come back out at some point. And if you're able to start dealing with those feelings now, the chances of you relapsing back into that denial or those angering or that anger stage is a lot less likely, and you'll just rotate through those like last three of like bargaining, depression, and acceptance because every day is going to be different. I've even have days where I still get angry about the friends and family that I've lost but then I have to remind myself I've gotten through this before and I know that this anger it's okay to feel it but it's not doing anything productive for me right now so what can I do with that anger instead and that's usually where I end up posting pictures or stories or calling a friend about it because that's what we need We need to share those stories. We need to listen. We need to let them out in some way. For some people, that's art. For some people, that's writing. You know, for some people, it's calling that person, you know. And I will have a list of resources uh, that I can give Dr. Shondo and a couple of articles. And I actually have a few, like, physical things that y'all could actually do at home. One of my favorite things with my kids besides drawing their family, is a memory book. Um, and it actually goes through, it's like, okay, here's, this person is the person I've lost. Here are some of their favorite things. Here's my favorite memories with them. But it's basically, it's a book dedicated to your love for that person. There's also a couple of other activities where it's called, like, a recipe for feelings. And you are essentially creating a recipe for, the different things that you're feeling. Or my favorite is a blessing chain. And you're essentially on different, like, pieces of paper writing things that you love about that person or that you're grateful for, whether it's because of that person or because of other things in your life. And you start putting together, you put them together in a chain, and it ends up becoming this wonderful beautiful decoration because it's not just something pretty to look at, it's something that holds meaning for you. And there's a couple of articles. One is called, like, the discomfort you're feeling is grief, which breaks it down in a way. And then also uh, grief and COVID-19, which is about mourning our bygone lives, which goes back to those senses of loss and community and safety and normalcy that we've grown accustomed to. Um, I feel like I've hit on pretty much everything that I wanted to hit on, but I wanted to end with this beautiful quote that I found. And it's, the quote is, The goal of grieving ultimately is to learn how to love a person via absence. Because at the end of the day, grief is about the loss of something and how we are going to get through life still loving or living without that person or thing. So I felt like that was a very important and meaningful quote to share. So I think that's everything I need to hit on, Dr. Shonda. i open for any questions or comments. And I know there's probably
0: one question out there. Yeah. Give them one second because so. it takes a Yes, it takes a. sometimes it takes a second. Uh once she once you dial star six, then the lady will come and tell you that you've been unmuted. Okay. And star is the I have a question. Not the hat. There we go. Thank oh. you. My question is, um, is there a time limit on grief? And I only ask that question because when my mom passed I started going to counseling to learn how to deal with it and the counselor told me that if I hadn't came to grips with it in 6 months then it's no longer considered grief it's considered a a mental issue so my question
1: is is there a time limit There there's no time limit on grief I mean We've lost, especially when it comes to loved ones. I mean, that's somebody that we've lost permanently. We're going to grieve that loss of that person for the rest of our lives. I think what your counselor may have been trying to say, I'm not speaking for them, but the mental disorder that she was probably speaking of is something we, did, we call adjustment disorder. And it's if the grief is still affecting your life to where you're no longer – being a, like, functional human being after six months, I could see it being called adjustment disorder that way. But for grief in general, there's no time limit on it. Because if that were the case, I would, I would be considered uh, having a mental disorder from the grief of the people that I've lost in the past four years. But there's no time limit on grief. It's just how does that grief affect your life? because it's still going to be a roller coaster no matter what, but some people get stuck in certain stages, and when they're stuck in a stage that's not productive or helpful to them, that's where they start going into that adjustment disorder issue. But from what it sounds like, that's not where you're at. You're just feeling that normal sense of grief for somebody that you've lost.
0: Okay, thank you for that, because when I left uh, the, the therapy session, I felt like, okay, well, now I'm a mental patient and I'm also dealing with the grief because it wasn't explained the way you explained it just now. But now I understand. Thank you so much. No problem. And thank you very much for your question. Are there any other questions? Ms. Layla Touche, thank you very much for joining us on this call. We definitely will have to have you back in July so that we can continue the conversation on grief and loss during the pandemic.